Love Talk Radio. And welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I am publisher and executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, where I also serve as the TV and film editor. And I am joined, as usual, tonight by Our Heart Radio, Chrissy Piccolo. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. I recovered from my last week's uh, trip to the ER, so I'm doing better. Oh, good. Migraines are a real bitch, and I've gotten that. I'm really glad that you're back. We missed you. Thanks. I miss you guys. I think it was because you weren't there that my show just had these awful technical difficulties at the end. And, like, literally, first Jimmy kept dropping out, and then all of a sudden the entire, like, I didn't even realize the entire show just cut out the last 15 minutes. It, it was it must really have been like telekinesis from my cr- crappy brain that was like her. Yeah. <laughs> you were like giving my, my computer a migraine, I think. <laughs> I it was so. like something like that. And we are also joined tonight by James Daly, Jerome Wetzel TV. How are you Hello? this evening? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I am good. Gosh, you know, I, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like there is just so much good TV to watch these days. It's like crazy. Oh, I know. Sundays are crazy. Sundays, oh. I mean, actually, almost every day, this, I mean, every day there's at least two to three shows. Well, I think Mondays, for me, Mondays for me are kind of quiet right now. Tuesdays we have um, Fargo, which I want to talk about in a minute. Um, Wednesdays, um, there are some, also some good things. I mean, there's like good stuff, but Sundays are like ridiculous. Sunday is insane. Well, because you've got, what do we got? I mean, I've got all the ABC shows and then I've got like Salem just started. I've got Believe. I've been watching that. I've been watching Devious Maids just started back on Lifetime. I mean, it's just like insanity. (laughs) I'm so oh, I know. I mean, Sundays, I mean, Sundays, there's Once Upon a Time at 7, my time. Right. Um, at 8 o'clock, uh, there's Game of Thrones. And, oh, yeah, Game of Thrones. And, and Turn. And then at, Yeah, and at 9 o'clock, of course, some people are watching Mad Men. Um, right. And, but there's also, there's Silicon Valley and Veep. And there's now Direction. Uh, yeah, and now followed by um, John Oliver's show. So it's like there's all this stuff that's on um, at once, and it's, it's crazy. So the list you guys are making is so quaint. <laughs> I watch like 20 times more television. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> You know, you I know. was listening to you talk about how much television, and I'm like, I record like 15 shows on Sunday. <laughs> I'm now recording like four shows, and then of course on That's Friday so nights there's Bill Maher and Hannibal both at oh, nine. Oh yeah, Bill mm-hmm. Maher. I love Bill Maher. Oh, I don't even pay attention when shows are actually on for the most part. I mean, the TiVo. That's 
That's I mean, once upon a time I watched then, you know weekly so I can write about it and talk to you about it, but you know. And now well, we're going to be adding. We're going to be adding, starting in May on starting on May 11th, May 11th, which is guess what, guys? On a Sunday, ha! Huh, we have Penny Dreadful mm-hmm. that is premiering on Showtime. Oh so, my god! Watch that this week. It's like, that looks amazing. I actually have the first episode, and I'm going to watch it this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, really. I actually. Uh, I have that, and I also uh, watched this weekend the two-hour premiere of 24, which is next Monday. Oh, I can't I am, wait for 24. Yeah. I am done. And it was fantastic. I haven't oh, watched it yet. Wait. I haven't watched it yet. It's still I, in my queue. I'm going to watch I'm it. Oh, I, it, it, feels like, you know, it feels like I was a junkie that needed a fix because it pumps such yeah. adrenaline into you. Awesome. And, I, I do feel like the politics are a little more liberal this season. We're talking drone programs and is it okay to leave classified uh, documents? But, cool. um, yeah, it's still just jack and action. And, yeah, there's no CTU, but the CIA office may as well be CTU. It looks and feels exactly the same. So Awesome. Yep. Well, you know, I just so miss that show. I mean, I, I actually just recently I watched season eight, and I'm, I'm actually in the middle of, doing like a recap article uh, for blog critics because I'm just like, well, people, like I couldn't remember where we left off. Like where did Jack, mm-hmm. how did we all get? So it was really great to go back and like, oh, okay, now I remember what was happening. You know, we basically well, had to go back underground and, and now you everything. You know yeah, where, really, where we left off with Jack, I guess, but you, it's also important to know where we left off with Audrey and her father, which well, yeah. I don't believe were in last season. Because um, no, they got Audrey, didn't. Kim Raver, who's been over on Revolution, they have her back full time for the season of 24. And the her father is now the president. Right. And the last time we saw Audrey and her father was in, I think, season six, when yeah, she went after him. And she was, like, completely screwed up after, you know, she's basically, you know, tortured by the Chinese because she went looking for Jack. And then, you know, her father came in and that was a lot and took her away. And that was the last we saw. So I'm glad that they're bringing her back this time. You know, William and uh, Kate Donovan is going to play her, play her father, mm-hmm. her, her husband. And I mean, yep. they've got Benjamin Bratt is coming in on it. I mean, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, there's going to be a lot. He's the head of the CIA office. And they've got Yvonne Strosky oh, from Dexter yeah. and Chuck as the like, awesome. CIA agent. Yeah, and of course Jack so and good. Chloe are back because you need Jack and Chloe. Yes, you need oh, Jack yeah, and Chloe. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, so, everybody's asking. Right, so, so, <laughs> Sorry, so, go ahead. <laughs> so I've been sort of letting you guys talk because I'm not, you know, I have, I'm ambivalent <laughs> about about 24 just because it's politics. Come on. So yeah, weird. you got to um, watch it. It's so good. Oh, my I God. will. I promise. I, I will watch it. And I'll watch it with a very objective eye. Let's just put it out <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it with a political eye and, and put the uh, ultra lefty, the lefty, the lefty take on it. Um, the lefty, all right. The we lefty can do take like a on debate. it. The 24 yeah. debate. That's cool. <laughs> so um, so I want to talk about all the stuff that um, we're watching and then we'll, we'll segue into last night's once upon a time. And I okay. have the press release and I have photography from this week's once upon a time. And Yay. I will be going. I'll be going live with a, a photo gallery tomorrow tomorrow morning sometime um, on Blog Critics. So everyone who wants to look at the photos um, can come on over to Blog Critics because I will have a slideshow put together of all the photos for next week's show. 
Because awesome. um, I just got them. I They came sometime this afternoon. I just peeked, and there they were um, with the press release. And we'll get to that in a little while. But let's talk about everything else first, and then we will, as usual, get to the main discussion, which will be Once Upon a Time. So let's start with Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so you've, okay. watched the, you've watched the first episode, Jimmy? Yes. And Which, if I and had I have one more hour of TV to watch before the show tonight, I, that's what I would have spent. It is. Because that show is, is just blew me away. Oh, my gosh. It is strange, and it is quirky. It takes place in the same setting as the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Joel and Ethan Cohn are executive producers on the show. So it has their blessing and their imprint. Um, it is, it's great. What an incredible cast. We've got Martin Freeman, who is playing his very much the kind of character he often plays. His kind of, um, I mean, going all the way back to the BBC office, um, mm-hmm. playing that same kind of um Maybe that's why they cast him, because he's so much like this character in, in The Office, if his character in The Office, and I can't remember his name in The Office, but if his character in The Office um, had a murderous instinct to him, he probably would have killed Gareth, but that's another story. Uh, but Martin Freeman uh, plays this kind of insurance salesman who kind of finds himself um, kind of finds himself in the middle of a bunch of murders. Interestingly, and mm-hmm. I can't stop. And I've never been like a huge. I, I've always recognized what a great actor Billy Bob Thornton is. Oh, I. But love I've him. never, I've never like been totally drawn to him. Um, and He's I am everything though. Oh, I am riveted. I am just riveted to his performance, and it his he he spouts off this very droll, very literary kind of stuff while just like there's a he's really intimidating um he's an assassin basically he's an assassin Mm -hmm. and but he but he also likes to sort of pull the wings off of butterflies just to see what'll happen you know I think kind of chaos theory if he puts a, a hammer in the works what is the fallout from that and I think mm-hmm. he enjoys, I think he derives great amusement from watching that fallout. And, um, but he does, he, he plays this character with such a freaking gleam in his eye that he's completely magnetic. And as intimidating as this character is, you can't take your eyes off him. Um, and he's just, he's just wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, all of the cast. The entire cast is wonderful. Um, you know, other recognizable names are Adam Goldberg is in it. He appears in uh, episode uh, episode two, and I believe episode three. And um, he's also just terrific. So um, the whole show, it is uh, basically there is uh, there's a murder, there's a there's a car crash, and there's a dead frozen guy in his underwear. That is found. Okay. And, yeah. Yes. In addition to it being about murders and murderers and serious and killers and and and, and organized crime, uh, the show is 
seriously funny. I mean, it is a seriously warped humor, well, but it the is. Movie was, the movie was funny, too. I can't think of anything I've laughed out loud more times at recently than oh the first gosh. episode. Like, more than any sitcom I watch. You know what? It, it, it reminds me in a way, um, but it's very different, is True Detective. And True Detective was uber serious, and right? And I love I True Detective. I mean, True Detective cracked me up. I laughed so hard. Ex- yeah. Exactly. And and this is kind <laughs> of in the same way. I'm just kidding. There's sort of this acrid, you know, this this arid, dry, droll sense of humor. And just like the character of Rust, Matthew McConaughey's character in True Detective, Billy mm-hmm. Bob Thornton's character in Fargo is very much cut in that same mold of, you know, very literary. Um, you could just feel the words off the page. And it's, it's almost like a heightened reality. And the humor is so black. I mean, it is really black humor. Um, and it's really, really, it's, it's almost like slightly surreal. And I really loved it. I really, really loved it. I can't say enough about it. Episode three airs uh, tomorrow night, not tomorrow night, um, airs uh, Sunday night. No, no, it airs tomorrow night. Ha, does air tomorrow night. It is on Tuesday nights on FX, and it is just completely brilliant. It just completely brilliant. Um, I will be writing a review of tomorrow night's episode without spoilers, um, sometime tomorrow. I have the third episode sitting in my hopper, and I will be uh, watching it tomorrow morning as I, um, as I get, uh, you know, get caught up a little bit from the Sunday night orgy of TV watching. Um, well, and so for Fargo, those afraid to jump in, sorry, for those afraid to jump into a, another big series, Fargo is anthology similar to, American Horror Story and True Detective, mm-hmm. and that this ten, these ten episodes are self-contained, and there will be an ending. And if they do another season, yeah. it'll be something totally That's different. That's cool. Yeah, I think we're going to see that trend as as you know the, as the years go by now with a lot of these productions, and I like you can that. get better I cast like that, that way. Yeah, well, you can and, get, I mean, you can get you can get a, a Martin Freeman who, of course, has so many other I mean, a hot, right. hot, hot, hot property. So about Thornton, Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah I mean, how, you know, yeah. Woody Harrelson. I mean, how do you get yeah. actors like that in, to commit? You can't get them to commit to more than you one you promise them eight to ten episodes and they're done. <laughs> right. right, exactly. And, and, and what the, the other thing that allows the fans, too. The other thing that, that doing an anthology like, like that is that it allows the writers Again, I keep talking about the British way of doing things. Um, it allows writers to write a closed-end story with a beginning, a middle, and an end and do it in a long form that's absolutely not possible in a two-hour movie. But also but, doesn't stretch them out like a 22 yeah. or 24 episode where the 24 tight. writers are talking about because this season's only going to be 12 hours. And it's hard to keep it going hour after yeah. hour. Sometimes it's nice to have that self-contained story. Exactly, and it keeps it it keeps it tight. It keeps it from really um, getting too flabby and too boring. That that middle of the mm-hmm. the narrative drag, 
you know, that, that even in novels, you know, you have an, or in a trilogy, you know, in a novel trilogy or in a movie trilogy, you know, where that, that second episode, that middle of it is, it tends to be flabby. And I learned that while writing uh, my novel was that, you know, you want, you can't allow the middle to drag because then nobody will read to the end. And same thing with a, a TV series. You want it to keep propulsive and going and keep the tension and conflict and excitement up. And I think doing a show like Fargo in 10 episodes is great. Like doing a show like True Detective. And even as, you know, like, or 24 in 12 episodes, or even the way Once Mm -hmm. Upon a Time is trying to handle its series. And we'll talk about that in a little while. Because I do have something to address regarding that. Chrissy, you and I were talking (laughs) about that before. Right. And I reflected that a little bit in my review. I don't know if either of you guys read it, but it's kind of there in my review. Um, that I, you know, it was my one criticism of this episode, uh, last night's episode, although I love the episode. Anyway, but Fargo, great, great series. Um, definitely uh, watch it. If you, if you haven't watched it now, you can get it, I'm sure, on Hulu. I'm sure you can get it because it's basic cable. You can probably get yeah. it on FX's site. Um, right. You can get yeah. all caught up. You can get caught up. Now, the other thing about that show is what's really interesting, they are not an hour. They run longer. Which I'm Which loving. FX does that all the time, though, not just this FX one, one show. Does yeah. it? Is that right? Uh-huh. Because it's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, when you want to justify with the Americans, you never know right. if it's going to be four minutes yeah, over, 11 minutes over. It, it varies from week to week. Which is kind of nice. Is why you have to watch the first broadcast, because when they do reruns, they edit it down to fit in a 60-minute slot a lot right. of times if it's not that yeah. first night. So it's not like HBO where you can wait till Saturday and re-record it. You need to record it when it first airs so you get the full thing. Right. right. What's, nice exactly. is, what's, what's nice is that instead of having a 42-minute episode, you have a 51-minute episode or a 55-minute mm-hmm. episode, however long it needs to be. And, again, you know, like you HBO have – Like HBO does like Masterpiece Theater does, like a lot of British drama does. It 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 needs it, it the length of the episodes is as long as the chapter needs to be. Not every chapter in a novel is the same length. Sometimes they're ten pages, sometimes they're fifteen pages, sometimes there's eight pages. And I think again, not to make an episode fat or not to make it too stuffed with stuff that it doesn't have room to breathe. Um, so I think that, that that's really cool. I really, really like um, Fargo. So Fargo, A, number one, catch up with it, watch it. You will not be um, at all disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. It's really heating up. Um, I'm really excited to see um, how all of the stories are going to intersect. I mean, you have this organized crime story with the trucking company, and you have um, – um, the, the the show with, uh, you know, the, the, the narrative with the murders, and I'm not going to talk about that in detail because people necess- haven't necessarily seen it, and you have uh, Billy Bob Thornton's story and how they all, uh, oh, and they have Oliver Platt is playing a, a part in this as well. So you have another oh, big actor. Yeah, I mean, this Kate is like. Walsh, isn't it? Oh, I know. Showing up. Yeah, I mean, you have just huge, and and of course, when you have executive producers, uh, Joel and Ethan mm-hmm. Cohen, I mean, geez, I mean, how much, how bigger can you get? Well, 
And this just reinforces an article I read recently, and I can't remember who wrote it. I wish I did. Um, But when Raising Hope just came to an end a few weeks ago forever, there was an article somebody published that was like, I I stopped watching the show because in the current landscape, being really good isn't good enough because there's so many awesome shows on yeah. that even a right. really good, even shows that are really good start to fall by the wayside. And I, I'm finding yeah, that I, myself right now with my TiVo gets full. I'm weeding out shows I like, but there's just too many that are just awesome. Well, and you know, I wrote an article last week and it wasn't the one you're referring to because <laughs> I didn't want to. No, it wasn't your article. I want to remember that. It wasn't my article. Um, but I wrote an article over the week called the new golden about the new golden age of TV and mm-hmm. how truly amazing TV is now. And I think oh, again, and, and we talked about it, um, I think on the show a couple of times, but because of the quality and again, spurred on by um, how much quality there is on cable uh, on premium cable that's really inspired or forced um, basic cable and the networks to really think about quality. Well, the networks are still lagging behind, but there are, they are but they're, cable they're channels beginning. like AMC or FX who have really stepped it up. Well, they're, oh, they're catching HBO. up, though. They're, catching they're beginning up, though, to catch up. I, they're, yeah, they're beginning they are. Very slowly. You know, very, we have I mean, a very – We could point to Hannibal, but what other show yeah. is that quality on networks? Broadcast network. There isn't. Well, There's I'll nothing. bring up Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Thank you. I really like Sleepy Hollow, but I would not, not put it up in it's that not, category. It doesn't meet that. It does not meet that benchmark. Hannibal, no, the I, production I, values, and the acting and the writing. Really, I would put Hannibal up there with the AMC and FX and HBO. Oh yeah, that we I would too. Modeled, I but. would too. I would too, and I don't even know if it's going to be renewed. It would be sad if it wasn't. But I hope it's, that if it's, it's not, so many different people funding it from so many different countries. Yeah, I, I yeah. just can't believe it can't get picked up, even if it's low rated on NBC. Yeah, as Katie says, um, Hannibal is visually stunning. I mean, it just is. It is. Oh, it, it is, is absolutely. It is so beautifully done. It is so much not a network TV show. I mean, it it just isn't. It's so much mm-hmm. i mean especially with somebody you know hugh dancy and and mads mickelson well, i love him though i, I do it should be on fx it would sit in fx's brand really well i think it would it would um so i'm i'm really excited about tv for the first time since the early 80s um and in the early 80s there and i and i'm thinking about the early 80s just because there was so much both comedy and drama that was so brilliant. I mean, you had Hill Street Blues and you had Saint Elsewhere. I loved and, all those shows. Oh and God, even the soapy Blues. things, even the soapy things like yeah. Dallas and well, you know, ER. Not, yeah, and ER, ER, right? ER. And then you had things like Cheers and you had, um, oh, you had Cheers, Cheers and you had Night Court and you had. Court. Mash, and you had well, you, know, you had Cosby Show. I and mean, you know, Family Ties, like right. I mean, the early '80s, WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, I, mean, I love that show. WKRP you had, in Cincinnati. Yeah, right. Um, I'll never forget the, the turkeys that didn't fly. I mean, oh my god, Les Nessman. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the early '80s was to me the last you can the last period 
that you can compare this with is the early 80s, which was like brilliant network TV. Um, of course, there wasn't anything else. There was really, I mean, there was cable TV, but there really wasn't scripted cable TV um, like you have now. And now, you know, I always said, you know, they, they, and the Emmy Award should divide between network TV and cable TV. Because cable TV, I agree with that. Cable TV is always going to trump it. And, but, but I think what it's done, not dividing them out, is it's actually, you know, maybe kicking network TV in the pants a little bit. And, and hopefully it will catch up over the next few years. I mean, you have the occasional really, really outlier show, like the House MD, which was brilliant. But then you have everybody trying to be House MD. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, all the, you know, oh, this was great. So then you have something like Black Box, which I liked, but that is... awful ratings. Awful. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's and awful already. I was more charitable than most of the reviews I read out there. I, actually, I wrote a good review, and it hasn't gone up yet, but I, I enjoyed it. I did, too. I enjoy, I've seen three of the episodes, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I don't th- and, and what a lot of the reviews said, it trivializes uh, mental disorders, and I actually don't think that it did that. I don't think that's what it was trying to do. I think it was trying to draw a line between um, mental disorders and over-treating or not properly treating certain things. And I think it definitely approached the idea of this doctor who's bipolar, this neurologist who's bipolar and very high-functioning, um, that her drive to not take her meds has huge and dire consequences for her, just as House's behavior had dire consequences for him. And I'm hoping that what the series does is really do um, – do what House did, which was um, in the fifth season of House when um, House had his uh, emotional collapse and his break with reality at the end of season five, um, the series really quite seriously partnered with the National Association of Mental Illness, NAMI, because they really wanted to do that correctly and really take it on seriously and and house won more prism awards than i think and humanitas awards than so many shows that were out there because of its honest portrayal of the consequences of the kinds of things that house was dealing with and i really hope that black box really goes there and and of course it boasts the great vanessa redgrave as um i haven't seen black box yet but i hear it fabulous, so it's on yeah, my it's- list. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch another episode, though, just because it's going to be canceled after six episodes, so I feel like, what's the point? Yeah, right. well, I've, well, I've got, true. you know, I've got three of them on my screener, so um, mm-hmm. I, I like it. It's I don't think it's going to last. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I think, like, Rake um, really deserves to be canceled, and I'm assuming that it's going to be. I haven't heard I don't know whether it's yeah, it, it's going to be canceled. Um, we there, should, oh, I mean, there are there are bad shows that get renewed and good shows that get canceled. Unfortunately, every year, yeah. this is one of the latter. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of which, we still don't know anything about Almost Human. 
Yes, you know what? It seems to be a could go either way status right now. I know. It's still, it's still. um, We don't know. We've been we've been tweeting uh, Fox. Please don't cancel. (laughs) Please give us another season. So hopefully, hopefully they'll look at it. Do you ever follow the cancellation there on Twitter? It's. I mean, I I know he can be a little cruel, but it cracks me up lately how he keeps making fun of all these Save Our Show Twitter campaigns and how worthless they are. I did. I did a piece. I did a piece. I did a piece last week um, on reasons why almost humans shouldn't be canceled. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I yeah, and I got thousands of hits on that that article. Mm-hmm. Thousands. Yeah, because of hits. it's awesome. And people were really, wow, they were, I think it got something like 100 and something tweets and 100 and something Facebook shares. I mean, it was really, people were really quite taking it to heart. I was actually surprised that more people read that article than read my um, ode to the 100th anniversary of Wrigley Field, which I essentially grew up in. So, (laughs) happy birthday, Wrigley Field. Um, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. It is the most beautiful ballpark of all ballparks I have been to in my life, and I've been to a fair number. Um, it It is really why baseball should be played outdoors. It is, I mean, about outdoors, outdoors and during the day. Um, anyway, let's see on to, Oh, turn. So are you guys, I'm like kind of going through my list of TV shows that I've watched this week. Um, so are, are you guys caught up on turn? Have you been watching it? No, I haven't caught up with that one yet. It's on my list. So I watched the first episode, and you talked me into checking it out again last week, but I haven't had a chance to do it. Okay. I recorded last night, but so, I haven't had a chance so to watch. They did, it's this third episode. It's on AMC, and it is on mm-hmm. right before Mad Men. And I'll tell you, it is, it's getting better and better. Uh, um, Jamie Bell stars as uh, Abraham Woodhall. Woodhull. Um, it has Bern Gorman is in it. Bern Gorman is great. Plays a British um, major. Uh, it has a fabulous cast. A really, really great British and American cast. Um, and I last night's episode, so it's about the Culpepper Ring, which was America's first spy ring. And this takes place oh, in the early okay. days, the early days of the Revolutionary War. Um, you should, Chrissy, you should love it because it takes place during the same era as the flashbacks on Sleepy Hollow. Um, <laughs> and it is actually, it is actually historical. So the people, all the people in the show are historical characters. They actually live. The Culpepper ring, oh, the spy cool. ring really existed. Um, Very similar to uh, Salem over on WG in America. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving Salem. Actually. Hey, my own TV station, my hometown TV show station, WGN. It. It's my hometown. Cool. Um, Chicago. Cool. Um, yay. Um, and uh, Home of the Cubs. <laughs> Who play in the <laughs> See, I made that connection. Um, but last night's episode of Turn, uh, of Turn really surprised me because in the episode you had a situation, a moral crossroads. The main character who's in 
great tension between him and his father. His father is the town magistrate and is a, is a royalist. He's a loyalist to the, the Brits, and he's kind of like a sycophant to the Brits, and he's kind of doing their bidding. And the town itself are pretty loyalist people. They're not rebels. And the son of this man um, is has kind of become um, enticed into the rebel movement and into being a spy. And there, the situation in last night's episode is that the British know that the rebels are coming to uh, take the fort, to, to attack the fort. So... Mm-hmm. Bern Gorman's character, who is the in-town head of the British regiment, says, um, we're going to take the gravestones of the people who live here to build fortification around the town so the rebels can't come in. Well, and they go to the magistrate and they said, okay, well, you're the leader of the town. You need to decide which of these gravestones are going to be taken. And at first he refuses because what a desecration, right? Right. And the son, you know, is like, well, you know, and, and the father is having this big moral crisis because he doesn't want to piss off the Brits. And he really, his, his, his sentiments lie with the crown. Um, he's not a rebel, but he's being pushed. And his um, son is saying, well, you know, if, if, if you do this, the town is going to turn against you. They're going to hate you. They're going to turn against you. They're going to really resist. And he he says to his dad, he says, you can either be with them or you can be a leader and lead. So, of course, that triggers the thought in viewers and certainly in me that, um, okay, so this is the great, you know, the great, the son leads the father, right? And the father mm-hmm. becomes a reluctant co-conspirator in the rebellion and, and, and you know, begin to, to, to at work with the rebels. Right. That's kind of what that telegraphed to me, except that's not how it plays out. Oh, okay. It's not at all how it plays out. And by the end of the episode, uh, and and the son, Abraham, Abe, just as stunned as we are as viewers that his father has has done in his own mind the right thing and people follow him but not in the way we would, as television viewers, would have expected closure of that episode to happen. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very interesting turn. And we learn that Bern Gorman's character, the, the major, Major Hewlett, is who seems to be sort of this puffed up, kind of self-important British um, major who doesn't seem to be very experienced or very bright, is actually a much more of a strategist and manipulator than we've given him credit for. And it's really, 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 really well done. So if you like history, you like historical drama, yes, like things that take place in the late 18th century, um, mm-hmm. you will love the show. You will love, love, love the show. And okay. I, can't, I can't recommend it higher than I've recommended it. I really... Um, it's really a good watch. It is on, as I said, AMC at eight o'clock. Playing, uh, sorry, nine o'clock Eastern Time, opposite Game of Thrones. Unfortunately, so that's why God made DVRs <laughs> to tape it. Oh my and God! You watch I'll it have at a later like, time. Uh, 
I know. Thank goodness my DVR can record four different things at one time. Yeah. Um, and uh, yay. So and, and we, we can't um, not talk about Hannibal, which is on Friday night at 10 p.m. opposite Bill Maher. <laughs> like, ah, there's so much. Um, of course. And, and Hannibal is beginning to draw to a close. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is... This is the okay. So are you guys caught up at, on Hannibal, Jimmy? You're oh, finally, finally. Yay. I don't. I haven't watched it. No, I don't watch that one. I, that's one that I don't watch. Oh, Chrissy. Chrissy. I know. Everybody's like, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. It's on. It's on my list, but I haven't got to it yet. It's like I move need it to, to the top of your list. It's the best okay. thing on broadcast television. Really? It really. Right. Yes. Really good. Yes, hands it's, down. It's no competition. Start, oh, start, start okay. episode one from last season, um, and it's amazing. Um, I, well, I've you know, heard I've it's really thinking, good. Everyone I talk yeah. to loves it. Um, the, oh, the man-bear-pig thing. Man-bear-pig What thing. about man-bear-pig? Katie, I don't know what you mean. What about the man-bear-pig thing? I don't man know. Man-bear-pig was a creature on South Park. Al yeah. was involved. Yeah, the thing that that from Hannibal. Okay, so we know obviously, we know because the season began with the end of the like the one oh, of the last. Oh, that made me so mad. I hate yeah. that so much. I, the, I oh, 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 she's the bear wolf thing. Yes. So oh, this yeah, yeah. serial killer is a guy who um, essentially has created. A dire wolf, bear, horrible eating machine. Which what? Yeah, oh, a was, big foot. Oh, so... Is it like a big foot? <laughs> yeah, sort no, of. No, it's just like he used the fossils, right? To, and like build a suit for himself so right. that he could kill people with it. With very oh sharp. Oh my god! And and Hannibal, which you are learning more and more and more. Is what I mean. We know he's a master manipulator, but he's essentially right. building an army of little Hannibals. Yeah. Oh man, that's scary. that's what he's doing. That's scary. He's building. Yeah, I mean, he's creating. He is creating and nurturing um, serial killers, essentially. What are you trying to do with Will Graham? Really? That's creepy, man. I don't know, man. That's creepy. Seriously, like, it is. I mean. Is it like, you know, The Walking Dead? Is he ruining, is he like ruling that route? So just kidding. No, 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 no. He's psychologically manipulating all these people who are, who have fragile psyches to begin with. And he's turning them into serial killers. And the question is, that I have, is with, um, with Will Graham, who is our protagonist, Hugh Dancy's character. I don't know if he's playing Will or Will's playing him. I think it's a little of both. I think think Will is trying to play Hannibal, but I think Hannibal maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard to tell. Hannibal was definitely winning before, but I don't know. Will maybe... 
Does Will have Hannibal psyched out enough to make him believe that Will is turning into, I mean, would Will laugh in last week's episode? Would Will have pulled the trigger? And I guess that's the question. If he was he just See, trying I, was, to, I took him at face value. I was convinced he would. I don't know. I don't see if he would have, if he would have pulled the trigger, that would have made Hannibal really winning this battle of wills, so to speak. But Will did send someone to kill Hannibal, and that was quite a turning point for him. And I guess that's why I took it at face value, because we've seen Will have a tendency there to go darker than he had before. Yes, definitely. And at the time, you know, yes, I, I agree. But is Will far gone enough to actually do it? Has has Hannibal turned him or not? And I think that's the question as we draw, as the season draws to a close. And what will happen? We're definitely to a, seeing a stronger Will Graham than we've ever seen right now. Oh, yeah, he's definitely. I mean, the way he faced down um, the other doctor a week or two ago. Yeah, You know, when that guy came at him with a gun and he's just like, you're not a killer. You're not going to shoot me. I right. was just so impressed. Yeah, I, I really love Will. I think he's great. Um, and I'm wondering what's going to be the ultimate, you know, test. What's he going to, what has what Hannibal got going? What's his agenda with Alana Bloom, who Will is in love with, although she's hurt him so badly, um, or he was in love with her. I don't know if he's still in love with her. But um, what is what is Hannibal's agenda with her? Is it that does he really does he really like her, or is is he manipulating her um, in a way to get to Will? What do you think? Uh, I I think Hannibal is a psychopath, so I don't think he loves anyone. I think no, he what he's doing with Alana is part of his game. I think so, too. And I think, obviously, that's going to come out. Um, so very exciting. If you're not watching Hannibal, you can't, you can't jump in. Sorry. No, so um, you got to watch it from yeah. the beginning. Fortunately, yeah. every season, it's only 10 episodes. So oh, okay. you can watch the first 10 and then watch up was, till where we a, are. No, it's 13, isn't it? 13? Is it 13? 13. Okay. Yeah. 13. So you have to watch the first 13 episodes, and then co- I think we're up to okay. episode 10 now for this okay. season. I think that will so be this coming week. I think we've had this nine. This coming so week far. will be episode 10, right. And so we've got a, a few more left. But um, absolutely the best show on network TV. Sorry, Once Upon a Time, people. <laughs> Hannibal is – I mean, Once Upon a Time is good, and it's fun, and I love it. And there are a couple of performances in it that are brilliant, um, sensational. Of course, Carlisle is, you know, Lana. totally deserved. Huh? And oh, Lana Perea. Lana. Uh, yeah. She's great. They're great. Um, you know, I could just, the whole show could just be them, and I would be really mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. Um, well, everybody else disappears in the scene when the two of them are in a scene together. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, just. Yeah, and speaking of which, let's segue to Once Upon a Time and talk about last night's episode. And, you know, speaking of what you just said, Chrissy, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to – and I know the episode was very much Snow and Regina and Emma and Charming. Um, But? But I want to say that the scenes with Rumpel 
this, particularly this scene with Rumpel when we first see him caged in his own castle. Right. Was just gorgeous. I mean, I know. Impeccable, impeccable, impeccable acting. And it just one and and basically you don't see anyone else in that scene at all. Um, and you don't even see Rumpel's full face. I mean, we really no, see him, you know, a partial face profile, three quarters. We don't see his entire face, but we see him through Belle's eyes. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, we hear him. And, you know, that kind of insane babble and riddles and, and you know, babbling, um, but spoken with such pathos that it's just it was it was literally it was the one scene one of a couple of scenes in the episode that really kind of brought a tear to my eye and that just really like that that scene left me pretty pretty torn up oh yeah and i want to address the rum bell fans because i talked to we were talking (laughs) about this earlier i mean i know fans are like you know they didn't get enough but you have to take it into con- it's quality. Yes, it's a moment, but you know it was such a powerful moment. Oh, really? Them. And I think that everybody just needs to calm down. I mean, I I did see some of the backlash. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, people, just give it time. I really think Belle is going to be the hero at the end of this. She's going to get the dagger. We're going to get our rum belt. For me, you know, we don't like like for instance, I actually prefer the quality moments that we're getting over something that might be meaningless or just a filler stuff. Right. I mean, well see this is um, okay, so this this leads me to the other thing we were talking yeah. about before. Is right. that and I loved last night's episode. I'm gonna say that right I up did front. Too. Um it was so full of information and really did what the last two episodes, in my opinion, did not do, which right. was really forward the narrative. But exactly. my only quibble, and what I, it prevented me from giving it five stars instead of four and a half. <laughs> I gave it 90%, not 100%. Okay. Was that I felt that there was so much of an information dump in last night's episode. Yeah. And the last two episodes before it were so nothing. Filler. It was nothing like, yeah. As far as, I mean, there were good episodes, but they didn't didn't forward the story. And those are, remember, those were my complaints the last two weeks. There's not enough forwarding of the narrative. And And it's, you know, and it was almost like they were fillers and placeholders. And here we have an episode that is so – look at what happened in last night's episode. I, I mean, mean, at the end of every everything. commercial break, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a commercial? Like, wait, what's happening? Right. Killing, charming, what? I mean, like, but, I was yeah. out on Twitter. It was moving so fast it glossed over things. The charming twist with Snow's heart really, to me, felt like they'd written themselves into a corner. And this was the way they got out of the corner. Yeah. It did not feel yeah. like a pre-planned yeah. arc. It did not I feel agree. like this was the intention all along. Right. Well, yeah, and right. Like, of course, the half heart. There's going to be definite, you know, consequences. You know, what are what is that going to be yeah, down the line? Maybe not. Maybe not. That was I their solution. So. 
I don't think they're going to know. It was too easy, no. though. It was too it easy. Was too yeah, it was too easy. Exactly. Yep. That's why I'm saying there's got to be something down the line that comes down. There was sort of like a ta-da. There was really. It was yeah. like, okay, ta-da. We, we fixed it all yeah. up and tied it up with a bow. And yeah, it um, like, well, they could have done that, though. That whole stuff with Charming, they could have done that last week, left us hanging. And then yeah. inserted it. This, like, like it didn't need to be all at once, like what you're saying. And I agree. And and the well, the whole hook thing. I mean, I like hook. I mean, I love you know Colin, obviously. But um, yeah, and know, I love I, the story. I, I love I love learning about how yeah, the he got the potion. And I love yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Neil came back. That we yeah, saw, that was great. saw what happened. But again, that was a huge, gigantic piece of the puzzle that was right. tacked into last night's episode. The whole thing yep. about the forgetting curse at all. Yeah. And how they ended up in Storybrooke. Boom. Another huge piece of the puzzle huge. in last night's episode. And, and right. Henry believing. And the whole idea yeah. of Regina. Yeah, Henry believing was way too quick, too. There was, what was he touches the book and it's all over. There wasn't right. any struggle. No, there was no struggle. There wasn't. And then you have, and then you have the thing with Regina kissing Henry, and boom, he's everything is all good. Yeah. I mean, every there were like six or but seven I, things. I did like that it was Regina versus Emma though. This oh, time. me too. Yeah, I do too. too. I do too. Well, you know, I love then, like, that. Even, even, and I'm loving Regina and Robin Hood. I mean, I'm loving them together. They've got great. I really like it, and I love. And they, their relationship is different than everyone else's because yeah. their relationship is bantery. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what Which I like about it. Which makes them entertaining. drives the story forward. Yes. Exactly. I really it makes like them that. way more interesting than the other couples. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yep, I oh, agree. totally. Yeah. You know, I mean, Snow and Charming are boring. They're boring. They're the most part, part, although I have to say last night's episode, if they had actually – Really developed it instead of rushing through it would have been a really exactly. good Snow and oh, Charming yeah. story. I would have been, but really, they didn't. Like, One of the best they've done with them. Yes, right. I thought it was yeah. really compelling that this decision, that this moral crossroads, of uh, this right. kind of and and the whole the, I think the entire theme of the season has been um, the idea of sacrifice. You know, sacrifice right. whether it's by for family or whether it's sacrificed for a greater good um, has been one of the major themes of the season. And I think the fact that Charming was willing to sacrifice, um, sacrifice his His heart. And, you know, Belle was, I'm not Belle, um, that, that Snow was willing to do that, to sacrifice this great love um, for for the good of everybody. And I think it was really, I think it was really, really important but these are like all really, really important things. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. is sacrificing things. Um, right. But they, right. Should have, they should allow the storyline to just kind of simmer a little bit. You know, right. introduce that be. last. They could have done it in two episodes. They could have done more last step last week. Right. In last week's episode, introduce some of the stuff. Let us like. There was no. I mean, like, yeah, it was a shocker. Oh my God. Charming is dead. What? Like, what? Like, what is going on here? But they could have the emotional aspect of it for the audience. I think it would have been much better yeah. to, from you know, story, leave it hanging. Leave from it story hanging telling, last week. Yeah. yeah. From and a storytelling, to, to tie up all of these 
and there were lots of loose ends tied up last night, yeah. lots of lingering questions that right. if they had kind of drawn it out a little bit more over the last couple of episodes, they could have found a way to do it. So, um, exactly. Uh, you know, if they, that's my only complaint, that last night seemed just like an information dump to me. And the, well, other, the other thing that bothered me last night was how callously they killed all those flying monkeys, knowing that yes, so many yeah. of them are their friends. Well, like, that could have been Sleeping Beauty there, just put burst <laughs> in the smithereens. But they didn't or know. Or Little John or something. What about, like, Sleepy and Dopey? <laughs> well, yeah, they don't remember Aurora and Philip, but they knew other people that were monkeys. Right. And just, right. the way they just killed them. They would have they yeah. done that. They would have found the less lethal method. It just looked very right. Right. nice. Yeah. Right. And we know if the curse is broken and the monkeys get healed, everybody that we care about will be fine. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. And can I bring up my, I'm so happy that I was right about the amulet. And hold on. Angela says maybe the monkeys don't die. They just poof away. Which I think. Uh, They they look like they were killed to me. Yeah. But Mm. still, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, Christy, what were you going to say? But no, I was saying I'm so happy I was right about the amulet. Because I said that (laughs) a few weeks ago. You called it. It's I called the emerald, it. I'm so happy. The emerald pendant. I knew it. The minute it's I saw there. that thing. Well, you know, okay. I, I did love the the surprise of bringing uh, Bay on. I mean, that was brilliant. I and did. I love I that. Like, I was like, oh, my God. He did, you know, it's like he made himself come out. And, I mean, we got to see him one last time, like, do something heroic and it's just, I, yeah. I felt that because, you know, then we had, and I did like, you know, I mean, I saw this was stuff with uh, Henry. I mean, it was cool that when he looked at, you know, touched the book that all of his memories came back. But, you know, there wasn't that much struggle there with that. And he, right. you know, his kind of struggle wasn't there. I was kind of like, okay. But then it was really sad when he was at the grave site, you know, Neil's grave site, you know, talking about yeah. his father and this and that. That was, that was pretty sad. Yeah, um, yeah. I just think a lot of things seemed rushed to me. Yeah, I, I feel like thing. they could have, like they could have done the Henry thing. They could have inserted some of the, you know, him trying to go, you know, run away, you know, take the into car. The hook story. And, they could have done that. Yeah, in they the could have done that into the hook story exactly. Yeah. And I don't know why they just felt they did it that just, last year though too. Remember, there was a couple yeah. of it, like filler episodes and then all of a sudden it was just rush 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 and we were like well wait a minute you know it was just like overload oh, info so, so Angela says Neil was able to separate himself from Rumble when he when wasn't he wasn't, he wasn't later. later now I wonder okay so but this is what I wonder when, I they sep- well, what, when they separated you could see that both Rumble and Neil were sort of on death's door oh yeah, yeah. And the then was dead on the floor. He I was mean, dead on the floor, dead. and right. um, he looked terrible. He looked like a corpse. And then Neil did his <laughs> thing, and and then kind of kind of staggered back to to right. rejoin Rumple. <clears throat> so that was I mean, kind it of was, it was. <clears throat> I didn't that have was, a problem with that. Was with that was hard to watch. That was hard to watch. Well, I'm anxious to see how Belle is going to get that damn dagger from her. That greenie man, I was 
was ready to just like, can somebody just shoot her? <laughs> and then let's talk about next week. All of a sudden, Dorothy shows up in freaking. Okay. So, what the hell is that? Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> this is the thing that kind of bugs me about next week. <clears throat> I know mm-hmm. I'm being really complaining. I don't mean to complain. Um, we're all kind of complaining because I know. You know. It's like okay. So um, we're just having fun. Um, we love the show. Um, we do. We love the show. Well, okay we love the show. There there, are after, issues. All, after all, there is no more television without pity. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have to swap it. Um, even though I hated television without pity terribly. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so next week. Okay, so tell me something. So you have Dorothy. And I'm telling you. And oh, here's a good time to read the press release for next week's episode. Oh would yeah. Would you like to hear the press release? I would love so the to press, hear release. The press release. Oh, and the pictures. Oh, the pictures. We see baby. The baby is born, by the way. Oh my god. So, with Mary Margaret in labor, the residents of Storybrook go on high alert to ensure that Selena doesn't try to steal the newborn baby. And in the land of Oz in the past, a young girl from Kansas threatens to be Zelina's undoing. Um, with me, da, 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 meanwhile, da, da. okay, so um, her, okay, so they're on high alert in attempt to ensure that Zelina doesn't try to steal a baby for use in her ultimate game plan to turn back time and change her destiny while obliterating Regina's existence. Meanwhile, in the land of Oz of the past, Glinda tries to convince Zelina to fight her evil tendencies and join her and her sister witches as a protector of Oz. But the appearance oh. of a young girl from Kansas could turn out to be her undoing. So, two things. One is, we see, the, we see her with the bucket of water. We see the yeah. bucket of the water. So, oh, yeah. so, my question is, so it was snowing in Storybrooke, right? Right. So how could Zelina be in, if, if water is going to melt her, how could she be in Storybrooke in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> water is well, not going to melt her. No, well, water is not going to melt her. I think they're just doing that because we're, well, now, okay, what if, well, it it would happen if, if it's an earlier time. Like maybe we yeah. see an earlier. I mean, yeah, but we I are. Mean, supposedly the water with the water kills her, so I don't get it. So I don't get it. I mean, the whole the whole thing of the Wizard of Oz is that kill the wicked witch, you know, throw the water on her, and she melts I away. And, and so I don't understand. I mean, so all right, so I'm gonna emulate. I don't know. I'm cons- I'm, <laughs> I'm consulting. I'm cons- consulting my Oz expert, James. Okay. So, Jane, okay. in the books, how does the Wicked Witch of the West get defeated? In the book, I'm pretty sure it's the water. So, it's the water. So It's always been the water, as far as oh, I know. Oh, so I wonder. Oh, oh, oh. Here's an idea. So, her emerald um, amulet. We don't know that it's a real emerald, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a real emerald. Well, no, 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 no. Hear me out. What if, okay. what if her emerald is really something that is soluble in water? Wait a minute. Okay. Right? It's, it's, and, a, it's a crystal, right? It's a crystal. Right, right. Many mm-hmm. crystals, many crystals um, dissolve 
in water. That's true. Right? But I don't think that would be mm-hmm. too easy. So I well, looking last night, they sometimes go for the too easy. Yeah, they do. They sometimes go for the too easy. But what, what to me would feel like a cheat is if Dorothy ends up defeating the witch. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. It has to be no. the light magic, but it I'm hoping the... it's not just Emma's light magic. I want it to be combined light magic of Emma and Regina that defeat her. Yeah, because, because you I know, want Regina's, I... Regina's magic to flip to the light side. I do, too. I, I think, think Belle so needs to be included in that at some point. Yeah. She's, she's the one that has to get that dagger, though. Yeah, right. but that, that distracts her so that then the two good witches... And so it takes away Rumpel, and then the two good Emma and Regina can go after her. Right, that's right. true. Right, well, it takes you know, I mean, out of the picture. It's going to be interesting to see what they do here. I mean, I'm a little confused, uh, Dorothy, and then, yeah. Well, Gloria is working. totally wasted, so they'll probably just totally waste Dorothy next week. Who is yeah. wasted? Who is wasted? Glenda. Yeah, Glenda. Completely Glenda, wasted. She was wasted. Um, Oz was wasted. Um, the wizard. Yeah, he was semi wasted. I mean, I liked what they did with him, but yeah, it wasn't enough. Well, that it turned out to be uh, what's his name? The yeah, well, that was cool. Beyonce. I like that. Yeah. I wish there had been more like to that. it. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I and, wish there was more. And to I it do as well. think that Linda was totally wasted. I don't know what they were thinking with that. I mean, I why bother? Why bother with that whole? I mean, think about the money they they spent on doing that little scene, and then it was all for nothing. You know, yeah. that's the thing. I think that, that the I think that the, you know, creative mind behind this, they need to really you know, like I would have preferred them to just leave that out with everything else mm-hmm. that was going on. It wasn't necessary really. They, right. They you guys have enough Jane Espenson in the writers' room. Right, that's right. The problem. Are you guys hearing me by right. the way? Do you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah Hello? I hear you. Okay, my the server reset for a second, so I was kind of like, oh, okay. <gasps> did I drop out? No, I didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> can you all hear me? I hope you can all hear me. I'm I hoping can you can you. all hear me. Uh oh, mm-hmm. everybody at, in the chat room, can you hear me in the chat room? Can There's you hear me in going. the chat room? Well, can you hear yeah. me? In the chat room? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay. Because it was really weird because all of a sudden it was like, server is resetting. I'm like, no, not again. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to do – you know, I think that they actually almost have to take Rumpel out of the picture of this because he was really the hero of the first half of the season. Well, that's true. I mean, he was really the – he was the one who made the sacrifice. Let's talk about sacrifices. So all the sacrifices that have been made. Hook could have escaped, right? And he sacrificed right. that escape. Um, Neil has sacrificed his life for Rumpel. Rumpel has sacrificed his life for the good of all of them. Right. And um, now we have Regina um, sacrificing. Uh oh, Jimmy left. Oh, it's time for him oh, to go Jimmy. to sleep. Oh, good night, Jimmy. Jimmy. Good night, Um, He always leaves at about 9 o'clock, so he is just sort of gracefully exited. Um, <laughs> so we have, um, of course, Regina uh, sacrificing um, her vengeance, you know, her anger right. and her hatred 
and sacrificing, you know, I mean, Snow killed her mom and really right. taking the path of not um, seeking revenge. And she yeah. sacrificed dark magic. See, so that, her sacrifice, you have Snow sacrificing half her heart. You have half charming. her heart, right. You have charming sacrificing half his his entire heart. His entire you heart. You have Emma sacrificing her happy time in her New York. Her happy life in New York, right? Speaking of I which, I think she really wanted to go back. I do too, but you know what I want to. There's a, that's the other theme I think of this half of the season mm-hmm. is what defines home. Right. Because in The Wizard of Oz, you know, it's always, I want to go home, I want go to go home. home, I want to go home. Henry kept saying he wanted to go home. So I was and Emma kept saying door. she, she wants to go. Right, and Emma so kept back, saying she right. wants to go home. So what is it that constitutes home? Is home a place? Well, or home is where your family is. That's home because, is where you're, you know, when... Because remember, right. Snow and Emma were having that conversation, and Snow was like, "Well, but but we're we're home, you know, we're your family." Right. You know, she kept saying, you know, that she didn't want to give, she didn't really want to go, you know, have uh, Henry remember, have his memory back, and you know, Snow was just like, you know, but this is your home. You just didn't remember. And so right. now that she remembers, even though, even after Emma remembered, though, she still wanted to just take Henry back to New York. So I thought that that was really, you know, kind of interesting. And yes. even though now, <laughs> now also we've got, you know, Hook is now screwed because they don't believe that he, that somebody just sent him, that he got this bird with the note on it. But now we know yes. that it was Bay that, Right, he has this alternate agenda. On the other hand, Rumpel would know about that. That's so I'm true. wondering if, if they were if they were being really smart about this in the writing mm-hmm. for those two characters to come full circle. Mm-hmm. Rumpel would save Huck by saying, "Yes, I remember," because he and Neil, you know, are one in the yeah, same. Yeah, they were. So Rumpel might know and be able to get, once he's freed, get Hook off the hook. I but I don't think so. they're going to go I mean, there. I don't think that, see, that would be really smart writing. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to go there. I don't know. That would be gonna, interesting. But they might. I mean, in the end of all this, the fact of the matter is, is obviously they're going to try and put Emma and Hook together. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm wondering if if Wingman is going to come back, fiance guy, once he's not a monkey anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I wonder that, if they're going to do that. He's kind of cute. Might be interesting. Well, really yeah, cute. but I like her, her with Hook. I mean, if it's not, I really wanted her with Neil. I mean, I still say Neil. My feeling is, I just, I think they wrote him out. I think maybe my my feeling is that I think that the actor Michael uh, Raymond, whatever his. I have a feeling, I don't know this, but I'm thinking he might be in true blood this for the final season. Maybe they wrote him out and maybe he'll come back. I just can't believe that they really killed him off. They I, did. I, I just, I mean, he, he's such a major character. And the fact that they really highlighted, you know, Emma and Neil all last season and the fact that he is, you know, Henry's father, it's just boggles my mind. The writers really, made... The writers made a conscious decision 
instead of complicating Emma's life and giving her two guys, they really wanted to forge this relationship with Hook. And the only way to do that, with Henry being there and knowing that Neil is his father, is to get rid Mm -hmm. of Neil. On the other hand, on the other hand, it could have been that Michael Raymond James had other commitments and they wrote him out of the script because of that. That's what I think. That's what I'm thinking too. The other thing too is if she's gonna be with frickin' Hood, get him out of his regalia outfit. I mean, I love the outfit, but the poor guy is standing in I mean, and it was cold up here. I mean, I when they were filming outside in the town. Um, just so in Canada up here, it was it, they were really filming outside in the cold. I know. It and looked so, cold. I mean, the poor guy had his chest open. Yes, he's sexy. But I'm just saying, <laughs> he needs different clothes. Will you t- have Emma take him on, take him shopping? I mean, it would be hilarious to have him try on a pair of skinny jeans. I would love that. Oh, my God. Okay. That so would I be hilarious. To, I have to say this. I totally loved Rumpel's outfit last night. I know, me too. He looks so good. You know, it's so funny because he's got the full makeup on, full everything, and I just those, love it. He's just and those contact lenses, those big... The contact lenses are creepy. <laughs> but no, but you could still see the expressions in his within his face, just even when we didn't even get a full-on face. We only got half right. I mean, he's, I know. Robert well, Carlyle is just brilliant. I mean, I know, and you see that. I mean, with the full makeup on, it's like he's wearing full mask. Yep. And you know, he has said that one of the nice things about having that rumple face, all that makeup, is mm-hmm. that it forces him, like anyone else who who works in who studies theater, um, mm-hmm. you do a lot of work with a mask. Because it forces right. you to use your voice and use your mm-hmm. eyes. That's all he's got is his eyes and right. his voice and his body language. And um, it is it says a huge amount that you have him in this really in this shell um, mm. with only his eyes, and his eyes have those big gigantic contact lenses in it to boot that he really just has his voice and the nuances of his voice, which were yeah. brilliant last night, and his body language and I his mean, eyes to really but I mean, emote. But he, yeah, and I mean, the whole, his whole, when he's crazy in his mind, he does it so well. It's just, yeah. you know, I mean. That chanting, that little sing-songiness. Yeah, it's just like, oh, my God, how does he, I don't know. I just think some actors, they just have the instinct, and it just comes out, and that's how it is, and that's how he is. I just think that that's, you know, he's, his brilliance, it just comes out naturally with him. Yeah. Like, if yeah. he doesn't, you don't, you can't, like, he's not really trying. You know what I mean? Like, you can't tell that he's Very, trying. Right. You know, and one of, the, been, one of the things, yeah, yeah, one of the things that characterizes all his performances is there's a very... Uh, organic, naturalistic mm-hmm. yep. way that he acts, and he really becomes exactly. that character, um, which is right. great in any part that he plays. I mean, even though some of his characters have similarities, um, mm-hmm. every single one of them is a different character. Their look is different. You could, yeah. you know, you can have a Rumpelstiltskin who. You know, and even between Rumpelstiltskin and Gold or all of the striations, 
of Rumpelstiltskin, right. all the different versions of Rumpelstiltskin there have been. Um, you know, you really have very, very, very well-drawn, distinct characters playing that. I mean, in another actor's hands, I think that it would be um, much more be. over the top. There's there's yeah. a lot of nuance. And, and last night just really drove home. And, and in a lot of ways reminded me of the pilot where, again, there's this one yes. scene that he's in where he is but talking was... to um, – to, to no, is it Snow White or Regina? To Regina, mm-hmm. is she talking to Snow White or Regina? I think it's Regina. Is it Regina or is it oh, Snow White? Maybe it's Snow White. I think it's when Snow White goes down. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes yeah, down no, to his Snow White when they go down to talk yeah. to him about. Yeah. And and you see him and he's insane and he's crazy. Yeah. And he's wild eyed and completely disheveled. Give me the, give me the name. Screams out like, oh my god, he creeped me out. I have to say, but but at the same time, you look into his face and you see, even from that first episode where we actually didn't know what to make of him at all. We don't know anything about him except that he's this crazy, crazy prisoner Rumpelstiltskin. (laughs) But you see in his his eyes, there's a a yearning and a longing and a pathos. That was actually, right. that was what made me come back and watch the episode, the next episode, was that moment. And I was like, well, huh. And that's what actually, done, that's what made me go and, and, and go to IMDb and mm-hmm. look up, because I had never, ever seen Robert Carlyle in anything before. Right. Literally. I, I literally had never seen him in anything before. And... Okay. um that one scene sent me running to IMDb and saying, yeah. okay, Who it's like one guy? little scene, <laughs> like one little scene. And it's like, whoa, like, that really, that are, really blew me away. But those are the scenes, you know, he, he just has an ability to, I mean, if he's just in a scene with him and Regina, you know, like I said, everybody else goes away. He, if, even yeah. if he's just in his cage and he's mumbling to himself, I mean, it's just riveting. You're just riveted. to. You just watch him. It's like, you know, I don't do anything else. I very much am a multitasker. You know, right. when I'm doing and watching, other, you know, the minute he gets on the screen, it's just like, okay, everything stops because he's just you can't so, pull your eyes away. Just, right. Yeah. And, you know, and he's, I think that, he just has that innate ability to do that, to be that so, type of an actor. And, okay, and, um, so I have, I, I have, a, I have a new assignment for you. <laughs> okay. You, you, you didn't go and watch Summer. I need to watch Summer. Okay. You didn't you didn't know you didn't watch Summer, which was your last uh-uh. assignment. So what no. you do need to do, and you can get this on Netflix. You can get okay. Summer on Netflix too. Um, you need to watch, uh, go watch California Solo. I saw California Solo. Oh, you did? I loved it. Okay. Yes, I watched so, it. I absolutely mind. loved it. Yeah, it was fabulous. I'm like, I just, I mean, I just, I loved it. I loved the So you way all have to go. You haven't, if you haven't seen, you haven't California, seen California Solo, it was the movie so. that, that, that Robert did between Stargate Universe and Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. And it is really, he's in every single frame. It's exact. It's so good, and he's 
layered characters always. He's yep. just it was it was really really good. I enjoyed it, and I watched it twice actually. And I don't uh, yeah, I've, see that unless I really liked I've, it. But. I've watched it. I've watched it a couple of few times. Um, and I've watched it. I wrote wrote a review of it. I interviewed the director, Marshall Louie, um, mm-hmm. and uh, which you can find somewhere. I think I played a clip of that interview in an, one of my early uh, broadcasts of this show. Um, if you go back in the archive, you can uh, hear the interview. I think I did like a 15, 20-minute clip out of what was like a 45-minute interview. Um, but yeah, but so okay. So then, in in that case, go watch Summer because that's also okay. on Netflix. That was okay. his, that was a movie he did in two thousand eight. He also did okay. a movie that year called um, I Know You Know, but you cannot get this movie in the U.S. at all. Oh, lovely! At all? Okay. At all? I rewatched um, uh, Redemption. He was in. He was great in that, of course. Yep. Saving yep. the kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he did he a really nice job. Enough. Yeah, love that. I love it when he does an Irish accent because it's kind of it's yeah. Very... Me too. I love it. You know, he actually like I was he was interviewed. I'm like no. <laughs> he was he was interviewed about why uh, why he did an Irish accent, and I guess mm-hmm. it was because they felt that the Irish accent was just easier to understand. Oh, okay. More. Well, more um, common to people's ears, I suppose, than a Scottish accent. I love his Scottish accent, though. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. It I is. I love it when is. he talks. I love when he's just doing the panels and stuff. I just love to hear him just talk. Just put him yeah. up there and he can just talk. I just want to hear that. Well, you know, if you <laughs> want to hear it. him talk, if you want to hear him talk for, like, eight hours... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really going to send you guys off with something tonight. Oh my god. There's a there's a novel uh, by Louise Walsh. It's called The Cutting Room. Mm-hmm. And it is it is it's a actually a wonderful novel. It is excellent. It is very intense. Um it is a mystery. Louise Walsh Ooh. is a Scottish novelist and uh, sorry, Louise Welsh, not you Louise Walsh. Louise Welsh. Um, and there's an audiobook of the of mm. it, and Carlisle is the reader, and he oh, reads. Wow. He reads. His the main character is named. His name is Rilke. He's an auctioneer, mm-hmm. Glasgow auctioneer, but there are all sorts of other characters, female characters. There are other male characters. He sings. If you want to hear him sing, mm. not well because I think the character can't sing well. Um, but it is, um, it's, a, it's a really good acting job, because he plays something like seven or eight different characters in it. Oh, he my God. All, he does all the character voices, and every single one of them is really different. It's called The Cutting Room. And it's actually kind of hard to find, um, mm-hmm. In the U.S., but you can you can find it. Is it on Amazon? Re- maybe? No, it's not. It's on Amazon.com.uk. But if you're in the U.S., you can't get it. It is well, on. And I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, cutting room. Let's see. Cutting room audiobook. Um, there is there is a way to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is oh on Overdrive.com. 
So if you go to www.overdrive.com, you can get it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's an e-book. Louise Welsh, yes, narrator. Uh, Robert Carlyle, sample and share. Um, I can even, ooh, maybe I can do this. Can I share a little bit of this with you all? Hang on a second. Let's see if I can do this. Let's see. Um, I don't know if I if you're going to hear this, but let's find out. If you put it on your speaker, I think. I'm going to try. I am going to try. Let's see if this will work. Experiment time. The Cutting Room. Okay. By Louise Welsh. Read by Robert Carlyle. Chapter One. Never expect oh. anything. Beauty is truth. Truth, beauty. That is all you know on earth. And all you need to know. Oh, so did you all hear that? John Keats. Oh, oh. swoon. <laughs> Were you did able to hear that? Me? Yes, I was. Oh, my God. So, that was great. Yeah. He's so, so yeah. His so wife is if, very lucky. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want, so if you want to uh, get that, you can go to overdrive.com mm-hmm. and uh, you can get it there. Um, you can get it in MP3 or you can get it in audio in WMA form. Um, awesome. Either way works. And so definitely, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. Um, and I don't think it's available anywhere else in the U.S. Um, Amazon, no. Barnes & Noble, no. I don't think it's even available on audible.com. Okay. So, um, but I would suggest very strongly um, reading it and it's um it's like eight hours. It's unabridged um novel. I read the novel a while ago because I tend to really like British mysteries in general. Mm-hmm. And I'd come across this novel. Um I've read several of her novels. And I had read this one. And when I saw that the audiobook was narrated by our uh own Robert Carlyle. Um I, <laughs> Yes, yes, I went and I got it and uh it's one of my favorite when I'm driving in the car, just to kind of put it on. on I don't know, iTunes. man. I'd, I'd lose all concentration on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, oh this gosh. show is well, brought I, to you by um, The Cutting Room really, by Louise Welsh. Um, I just really want more rumble. I'm dying for that to all come out. Please, I want more. Yeah. I, would I like know to. it'll come, but it's just slow. I'm just, I know. I, I know. would. I would. I would very much like to. It was like cute last night, though. It was, and I, I don't know if Kansas is gonna. Again, I think it's gonna be pretty rumple light. So yeah. Um, it, no, it that one you probably barely see him. I'm thinking again. I know. But you know what? I know. It's, okay. it's like when he's only been it. like he's really you know for the last several episodes he's only been in a scene or two. And uh, it's only been really, I would say, in a total of maybe an hour and a half of the season. Yeah. At this juncture. I mean, yep. basically. Um, and, I mean, instead of piecing Rumpel's scenes together, they should have done that with last night's episode and pieced those together, you know. Oh, in the, I know. Anyway, whatever. Well, you we'll find worry. out. So there are only, there's, but, there's next week and then the two-hour finale. Um, which will be 
lots of fun. May 13th, right? May 13th, right? Yeah. Right. It's the big, and I'm wondering yep. if we'll get a screener, which I really hope I do because I don't want to miss I, Game of Thrones. Uh, it'll actually, really throw you know, off my Sunday viewing. It's going to be interesting to see here how this all, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to have, yeah, obviously they have to destroy the amulet, but I just don't know how in the hell right. they're going to get to that destroy dagger the amulet. from her. They have to get the dagger from her. Well, once she's destroyed. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be that easy. I think they're going to, she's, they're going to try and get the dagger first. I, I don't uh, think they're going to destroy her first. I don't I, know. No, I think I think they're going to try and get get him uh, something. I mean, it wouldn't. It would be too easy for them to do it that way, don't you think? I mean, like for I like think. I really want Bell to go up against her and defeat her to get that dagger. Wouldn't that be like, nice? We really I mean, see, we need everyone, to see like her be a heroine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's been a hero except her right now, and it would be nice right. to see her be a hero. Um, I really, you know, they've made a big deal about her having the dagger and Rumpel being yeah. her prisoner. And if they actually right. went around that. And Rumpel really and his and his being imprisoned really has nothing at all to do with um, the final, you know, go round of it. And it yeah. turns out that that's really just been a red herring the whole time. Um, I'm gonna be really upset. I'm gonna be pretty upset with that. And yeah, gonna, I agree. I mean, because, I I think a lot of fans will be because I do I too. That's because just, I think it really is gonna negate that storyline a lot. And, you know, and will make will me some... wonder, you know, where his character is headed, you know, because it's, well, yeah. it's already been pushed back and pushed back. But, um, you see, I feel like, you know, if they get the dagger, is there some way, you know, maybe now that Bay is gone, he will make the conscious decision to leave being the dark one. I mean, that's what needs to happen. The whole suspect, the thing that bothered me, too, is because, you know, he was in Pandora's box. Right, I mean, and we've and never seen. Supposedly, we, we ne- yeah. I mean, I, that's We've seen no consequence. Me. Right. No, there's been no consequence. And I mean, obviously, you would think that the Dark One would then be left in there and he would have to deal with it. But, you know, they kind of glossed that over, too, in last the last They thing. do that. You know, they just. They do, and I don't like that. I mean, you know, if you're going to introduce something like that, you need to be true to it. And, right. you know, we're smart enough that we're going to think about these things. Well, and, and the other you know, thing, too, and, and in a lot of shows, you know, all right, you introduce something that's a thread, and then you leave it alone, and then you pick it up episodes later or years later. But something like that Pandora's box, I mean, I think the time has come and gone. Yeah, yeah, Pandora's I mean, box they, is supposed to have all the world's evils, but they came out no worse for wear. And that that stuff, that kind of stuff, sort of bothers me. You know, how are they affected? Yeah. Well, it was the same thing with um, Snow's murdering Cora. Well, you yeah. know, they what she moped around for one or two episodes, and that was it. Now she's fine with it. I mean, like, you know, it's the same thing. Even charming. At least we saw some layers this season. You know, at least they right. did an and, episode right, with him. I think, they oversimplify things a little bit. And I think part of it is well, because the audience, I mean, it's written for, um, you know, young audience. It's written, it's supposed to be written very layered, but sometimes right. the layer gets a little bit lost, in my opinion. Yeah. 
and the the real you know meaty stuff gets sort of cast along the wayside in favor of the more Disney fantasy stuff, which is all right. very realistic. Well, you so, know what they could they might do. I mean, we might down the road see that something was actually released from Pandora's box. I mean, there has to be I another. So. I mean, uh, I don't know because there's got to be another villain. That for next, you know, the next chapter, or whatever the next well, chapter yeah. is going to be. So, so they, now, you know, they have yeah, an I mean, and, and fans, I think, really want to see that. I mean, I think they do. Think we, and we, now, we would, you know, among among our among the Storybrooke people, there aren't any villains mm-hmm. anymore, right? Regina isn't a villain, right? Regina's sort of restored, right? And Rumpel's not Rumpel's going to be. No, Hook's not a villain. No. You know, no. So who are they going to bring back once they defeat Witchy Poo? I don't know. So Queen yeah, needs to be, uh, I'm anxious for her to, to to you know for that amulet to be destroyed, man. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angela's typing something. Who's going to have the last word? Because we are. Yeah. Angela says I'd like to see something other than the big bad of the moment. Some real yeah. evil. Some real evil infiltrate. Um, the town. And I don't know that that's going to happen. I think they feel like they've got a formula now. And, you know, that they can tell their their 11-episode story and and have that happen. So I don't know what they're going to do next year should it get renewed, which I'm sure it will. Um, But we'll leave that conversation for next week because we are almost out of time. Okay, Um, well, it was fun. It was fun. And uh, tell your friends, if you like the show, please do tell your friends. And like us on Blog Talk Radio slash Barbara dash Barnett. Tweet about it. Um, Let your friends know to come on back next Monday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Time for another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. So good night. Thank you very much, Chrissy. You're welcome. And And, uh, thank you, you Jimmy. Talk to you later. Jimmy. All right, take care, everyone. Have a good one. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Bye.